0: Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Hello. Dude, I love this Sunday. Like, it's just so many just different aspects of God's body. The kids kids coming up here. They crack me up. (laughs) It's just they were they were safe they were safe i i 'm okay for kids to be dangerous we were at the uh, We were at the adventure playground the other day this is great this is great this will preach we were at the I was taking uh, I had a little Reagan and August we were together they were up they were both up here they were great all the kids were great amen um, but uh, we were at adventure playground we 're in this little uh little play structure and' it 's it's, it's got four walls so you can 't fall out but it 's like a netting, and our kids were like. Climbing, putting their legs on the side and like, like off the ground. And these two other kids were like, showed up. And they're like, you guys shouldn't do that. That's dangerous. And I'm like, I know. They're doing dangerous stuff. It's awesome. Within 10 minutes, I had those kids doing it too. It was great. I was like, I was like don't you know, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid for the Lord your God is with you. Deuteronomy. 31-6, yeah, our kids learn that in, in, our, in our kids' church. That's why they're awesome. Anyway, so I, I love kids being dangerous. You just gotta, just gotta make sure they... The whole point, and this, see, this is the part that it preaches, because God doesn't call us to be safe. He actually calls us to take big risks in life, but he, but he does so like a really good father. And the way a good father helps his kids take risks is he gives them smaller? He gives them bigger and bigger risks as they take the risk. And so I don't let my kids stand and like balance on a twenty foot little balance beam and just say good luck. I start them on a one foot balance beam, and then as they get higher and higher, I try. I'm measuring the amount of um, the, the, the amount of damage could, that could happen if they fall, right? And and so the the. You know, you see the hovering parents, they're always like, just be careful, be careful, be careful. I'm like, I hear be careful a hundred times, and I'm like, those poor kids, those poor kids. Like, we should be saying, come on, get dangerous. <laughs> get dangerous, because our kids need to know, like, they're strong and courageous. So, anyway, and, and the Father, like, does that by pushing us into really new things. It's like Tuesday nights with Jay and the crew doing evangelism, like, that's scary. But Jay, the Father, is there. Walking people through it. And he's like, no, let me help you. Let me make this less scary. It's still going to be scary, but I'm going to make sure you don't fall too hard. Anyway. So our kids. Our kids. Our kids. Actually, the, the, the older the, boy, the two never actually did it. He was just still too scared. But the girl, the little girl, just, just like, okay. And she was just going for it. It was awesome. Oh, uh, Let me pray. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, we thank you, God. King Jesus, righteous king. You're a righteous king. We're here to surrender our lives to you, God. We thank you, Lord, that you're building us a temple that you would dwell in, God. We thank you, Father. Yeah, Holy Spirit, just help, us, uh, help us just receive your word today. Amen. Amen. Oh, I like being at church. Oh. Hey, I want to open your Bible to uh, to Romans five if you want to want to go there and re- read a little scripture. We've been talking a lot about faith lately, and uh, I I get excited about faith. I, I've been I've been I listen to a lot of word of faith people. Um, I'm I'm blanking on the guy I'm thinking of right now, but there's there's a a number of Word of Faith. If you've never heard of the Word of Faith movement, it's a movement where they grabbed a hold of the Word, and they did what the Bible said to do, to speak it, and expect it to come to life, expect it to be true. The Bible says all His promises are yes and amen, and actually when we speak His promises, we're agreeing by faith that that promise is going to come to pass, Things like uh, well, salvation. <laughs> he promises that if you, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, that you'll be saved um, into into righteousness. And so, really, you can't even be faith. You can't be saved without the word of faith um, in you as a seed, and it's actually given to you, which is beautiful. Um, but the 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 word of faith movement sometimes gets a bad rap because people don't always see it come about instantly. And I believe we're called to speak his promises as if they're going to happen right now. As if they're going to happen instantly. How, how long did it take? Let me ask you a question. How long did it take you to get saved? A couple weeks? Did you know that like in the like early 1900s, even probably way before that, I just know what I've read in books. They used to tarry for a week to get saved. Amy Simple McPherson would go to this woman's house every day and pray that she would be saved. <laughs> she would, they would actually contend for salvation for them. And over time, our faith, our belief, and our understanding of the word grew to a place where we just knew that God wanted salvation to happen instantly. We just knew it. How do we know? Well, we kept reading the word, and we kept seeing the truths, and we, then we saw our experiences catch up to us. And so there's a, there's a reality now that nobody on Tuesday night when they're down at the pier praying for people expects salvation to take a, t- a couple days. It's not like, hey, brother, or, hey, Chris, you want to get saved? I do want to get saved. I, I'd want to know Jesus. Okay, cool. Let's pray this prayer, and in a couple days, you'll know you're saved. No, that's not how it works anymore. Because we, we know that salvation comes from that moment when you give your heart to him. And his promises are the same way. His promises, healing. Healing was never meant to be a delayed thing. Healing was never, even when Jesus had to pray twice, it didn't happen next Tuesday. It happened right there when he prayed twice for the guy's eyes. Remember, they prayed for the guy once and he saw people walk around like trees, and he prayed again. It was completely clear. So when we pray for the sick, we expect it to happen instantly if you don't i want to encourage you that's what jesus christ paid for on the cross he paid for healing now right here right now and so i never pray oh lord i pray you heal this you heal this arm next month we don't do it what do we say when we pray god your kingdom come your will be done right here right now god heal this arm he healed in jesus name at the at the, at the um the apostles they said they said hey hey um uh, gold and silver have i none but stand up and walk and he, and he gets up and walks so we have a we have a a, his, a history with Jesus healing people instantly and anytime it didn't happen instantly the apostles asked Jesus why hey how come how come how can these demons didn't come out and Jesus comes down off the mountain and they, and they, they say we had some we had a hard time finding out finding out figuring out why this this person didn't get healed of a demon, demonic possession and so it Jesus said some of these things only come out by prayer and fasting. And so Jesus had a history with God that allowed him to step into the instant place with healing, with what the Father's will was. But, he's, but I, I firmly believe that most, that a lot of what Jesus called, the promises of Jesus, are, were supposed to have an expectation that they're supposed to happen now. They're supposed to happen now. And yet... And yet, there's a process in much of what God preaches too. Romans five. Let's let's look at this Romans five right now. I'll just read this uh, one through five. I think. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you think peace is supposed to be instant? Do you think He bought peace for us right here, right now? He did right. When we pray for peace, we should expect by faith that he wants to fill us with peace. Right? Okay, good. Just, this is important. That we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, which basically means it's not because of what you have done. It's because Christ in you. Through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exalt, not, we exalt, 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 exalt. Exalt in hope of the glory of God. So we revel, we, we get excited about the hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulations bring about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. Here we say hope. hope. Say it again. Say hope. hope. Come on, hope. And hope does not what? Disappoint. Because the love of God, this is why hope doesn't disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out. Say poured out. out. Oh, that's a good word. The love of God has been poured out. Just picture that in your head. The love of God is pouring out His love. Pouring it out. Not with a dropper. He's pouring it out. Some of us are only feeling drops at a time. But I want to tell you that in faith, he's given all of his love. He's poured it out because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Was the Holy Spirit given to us over time or in an instant? In an instant. instant. When we we gave ourselves to God, he came and lived in us. In fact, the old man died, the new man has come, and it's in that moment the Holy Spirit made its dwelling place in us. And this happened in an instant. Everybody say, in an instant. in an instant. In an instant, this happened. It's important we get this. How many of you guys have ever not felt the peace of God before? Right? Come on. Come on. It's true, right? There's, there, we, have, we have moments. Some of us, longer moments. Some of us, we used to have longer moments. Now it's fewer and fewer. That's called, that's called maturing, okay? It used to, I, have, I had I have no peace for a month, and then, and then it was a week, and now I'm down to a couple hours at a time. That's called maturing. It's not called sanctification. Sanctification is also instant. I have been sanctified. We have been co-crucified with Christ, which means we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. So Christ is your new identity. Is Christ sanctified? Is Christ sanctified? Come on, you guys are quiet. That's okay. (laughs) I'm going to keep asking you questions. Why is it important to recognize that we're sanctified right now? Because the Bible says that we can come boldly before the throne, doesn't it? If you're not sanctified, you can't come boldly before the throne because you're worried about cleaning yourself up. You're like, well, I just want to go to Jesus right now, but I have, I have done some shameful stuff that I'm not proud of after I got saved, and it's left a mark on me, and so I need to get cleaned up before I come boldly before the throne. But you see, when Christ came in you, you were sanctified when? Now. Instantly. Now. Pick your answer. I don't care. <laughs> but now. Now. Why do we have a problem with now? Now. Why is now? Why is this thing that people think sanctification is a process? Why is that? I'll tell you why, <laughs> because we don't see the sanctification in our experiences. And I get it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. Like I've done some non-sanctified things in my past. Last week, you know, like I, just, <laughs> I I've been a mess in front of my kids, and I've done some stuff I, you don't want to watch. <laughs> You'd be like, "That's my pastor." Like, he's leading me, no, 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 he needs help, no. So I have, to, the, I have some moments that I'm not excited about when I first wake up and I have screaming children. <laughs> but the point isn't, but the, 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 so the thing, we, we, what we do is, somehow it's a normal thing that we do in society is we look at our history, our experiences, and we make that our current reality. And so we like to say things like, well, I'm, I'm just growing and I'm being sanctified. No, you're not being sanctified. You've been sanctified. You've been sanctified. You are not growing in righteousness. If you were growing in righteousness, you would come timidly before the throne wondering if you were righteous enough that day. Why does this matter? Because as a man thinks, so he is. As, as, as you believe, you're going to act. That's right. Come on. If a person thinks that nobody likes him, they're going to repel friendships. Yep. Wow. I had a friend of mine one time, this is going to speak to a couple of you. I had a friend of mine, his name, uh, Andy Brown, a great friend of mine. He, used to, he said this to me one time and it blew my mind because I did not have this paradigm. He says, Jesse, I just believe that all my friends are waiting to hear from me. They're waiting for me to call them up and invite them over. They just want to hang out with me. And in my mind, I'm thinking, like, who should I call? I don't want to be a burden to anybody. And, like, are they going to say yes? Are they going to even answer my... And I'm just... I've got this story in me that I'm likable to some but not everybody. And he had this whole other story. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I like your story better. You see, as you, the stories we tell ourselves will dictate not just what we believe, but how we act. The, the, I think my, my one of my old mentors, Steve who said, don't tell me what to do. Tell me what to believe. And so if you believe that you're growing in sanctification, you are not going to be going to the Father's throne very often. Because you're going to be waiting for that day when everything is perfect. And you act perfect. And finally I can come before the Father. And he's just like, I've been waiting for this for a long time. Can we, can we get over yourself and just be sanctified and come boldly before the throne? But it's this thing of the instant and the experience that's all kind of jumbled together. Because my feeling with the word of faith it sometimes is, is it, I used to not think it felt real. Because you're saying you're healed, but you're not really healed. I can see the sling. But there is something powerful in declaring what you know to be true in God, but yet we're not yet seeing. And I, I'll, I'm just going to be a little transparent with you. I got pretty frustrated with that way of thinking because it didn't feel real to me. It didn't feel relational to me, actually. It felt separated from emotion and from connection to God. you're just going to declare something that you know is. It sounds like denial. But the more I started listening to the teachings of of, of these great men of God and women of God, the more I started recognizing, no, no, it's all in one there's a bridge there it's not this or that it's actually we're called to do all, we're called to be in all these places we're called to be authentic in who we are and live according to where we're actually at in our trials and tribulations that we're actually supposed to give glory and hope to god in. but at the same time we're called to not waver from the instant truth the yes and the amen of his promise over you some of you guys have prophetic words over you that haven't come about, that's frustrated you because your experience didn't line up with the promise of God that someone spoke to you. How many of you guys have words right now that you just know? I mean, some words you're like, oh, that might happen. But other words you're like, that's the Lord. Raise your hand. That's the Lord. I've got a word from God, maybe a call in your life that you haven't quite grown into. The the point isn't to change the word because you're not living in it yet. Right? The point isn't to, but you're also not called to live in great disappointment and hopelessness while you're on your way to the word. See, that's the other side of it. You can choose to what you want. But what I've realized is we're called, we're called to hold the words of God as just as as monuments of hope. Even though we may not be there yet, we're close. Everybody say I'm close." close. Say say it's probably tomorrow. <laughs> I, I had a dream that my dad got saved and he started doing missionary work with uh, with Catholics and, and uh, uh, what is it? It's, um, the, the Peace Corps, the Peace Corps of all things. And he's over in like that in, in Europe and and I'm like, and he's not saved yet. But I have a promise from God, and this I just believe this is going to happen. I don't know when it's going to. Probably tomorrow. I'm going to get a phone call from him. <laughs> it's probably tomorrow, though. Chris was joking about levitating, and, and <laughs> I don't know why levitating became such a big deal in the Bible all of a sudden. But I just I love it. I love the idea that God would be so fun that He would show us kings and queens, as people of faith in the Bible, doing crazy stuff like walking on water. Yeah, on. Who cares about walking on water? But it's some it's it's some that somebody did it. Yeah, absolutely. He, somebody did it. And there's a promise that we can walk on water. <laughs> there's a promise of abundant life, isn't there? There's a promise of hope and joy and love being poured out in our hearts. Listen, I want to build a community that is, that is both fixed on the promises of God and also not afraid to walk through our process on the way there. But I also don't want to be a community that lets go of the instant and the right now of God. Like when we go after healing in this church, we're not saying, "Well, God, I just pray you I pray this person's arm gets healed by next year." I hope that depression lifts by winter of 2021. <laughs> See, that to me is like, I'm like, did Jesus, Jesus didn't pay for that. In fact, we've seen anxiety lift off of some. We were in a meeting, I think, uh, I, I remember a meeting, we were in a, 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 a Holy Spirit night we did um, last year. I remember this amazing woman. She was sitting there, she says, during, what, someone prayed for something and I felt all my anxiety that I have been like bound up in lift off me. In a moment, and her smile, and she would like testify almost every week, it's still gone. Like, you, what do you want? Whatever you want, we can go after in this community. We can go after the, the, the promise of, uh, of the long-term trial and tribulation, the long-suffering that we can. we're going to have anxiety for a couple of years, and then Jesus is going to snap his fingers. Or we can go after the right now, the instant, God's de- God's the deliverer now. And that's confronting to some people, especially when we walk through the trials and we don't see the instant. Romans 5, it says this, it says... Uh, we exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint. I, I've, been in a, I've been in a season where I was pretty sure hope was not worth holding on to. Because it kept getting dashed on the rocks. My hope, I, get, I get my hopes up. And then and then what I thought was supposed to happen, people had prophesied over this this situation that it would that it would change, and then it didn't. And then and then another situation came up, and it would start prophesying and powerful words of knowledge that that actually were like congruent with other stuff. And I I know I'm kind of sharing an anti-testimony here, but and 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 I didn't see I didn't see the answer. And my hope was kind of dashed again. (laughs) And then again, and again, and again. And I kept, and we, just, we cried out to God. I was like, God, what are you doing? The promises, they're not yes and amen. Because my experiences were speaking to my theology and trying to convince my theology that his promises weren't. And at the end of it, God brought us through this trial and tribulations, and we persevered. We kept at it. It's mostly my wife that led this, and I'm just like, okay, honey, let's do this. And I started thinking about hope. And I was saying, God, this feels like we keep getting our hopes up. And the, and the, the whole, the, 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 hit, the, the society that says, don't get your hope. Why? Why? Because they'll be, they'll be crushed. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that hope doesn't disappoint. And after we were done with it, I said, God, tell me about hope. Because I thought I knew about hope. But I'm feeling really not Hopeful. But here's what I realized, even in the midst of discouragement, in the midst of when you don't see the instant thing happen, hope is still better than hopelessness. Hope is still our guiding light into faith. It's into the heart of God. Hope hope doesn't disappoint because hope will always lead you to Him. Hope will always lead you to Him pouring out love without measure into your heart. And if there's anything God's more excited about, it's his love getting into you. I believe God wants every miracle to happen that, that, that we pray for. Every, every, everything that we're called to declare and have your, your will be done on earth as is in heaven. It's not the now and not yet. It's the now and now. It's that Christ paid for everything right here, right now. And the moment we, 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 we make a concession, sorry, I'm kind of yelling. The moment, we, the moment we make a concession based on our experiences, because we're afraid of the rest of Christianity is going to tell us. Listen, you guys, the, there's so much of Christendom that they're afraid to say that God is instant because all they know is the hurts and the pains that they fixed their mind on all they know is that they've been disappointed trials and perseverance we don't have a story of Paul's life where everything worked out for him Jesus had to slip away before they killed him he had to escape being stoned because his time wasn't right. Listen, like we have, trials are going to come. Tribulations are going to come. I don't know. Like they may take away our, our, our <laughs> you know, some people are really afraid that their contribution to the church isn't going to be tax deductible. People are afraid that, that they're going to persecute the church and not let us gather in buildings. That the, <laughs> come on, amen. I, I am not afraid of a persecuted church. I, I've already seen what happens when the church is persecuted in other countries and it thrives and explodes. Miracles are happening. Uh, just provision for the whole church just breaks out. Listen, it's going to happen. And I want you to know, like, if, if we, we have to... I can't speak for the rest of the church family, but our family, I just want you to know that we, I will not, I will not make any concessions for God not showing up. I'm not going to say, well, it wasn't his day today, Jesus needed a Sunday off, um, you know, some, some healing is supposed to take longer, um, some, uh, some, uh, some peace and, 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 uh, and depression is supposed to go over time because, well, that's why we have medication and that's why we have doctors. And listen, I love doctors and I'm okay with medication. I don't love medication, but I'm okay with it. Talk to my wife about that. I don't even like vitamins. Um, <laughs> I'm like, Jesus is a better vitamin. Oh, if you take vitamin, it's okay. <laughs> I said too much. Um, but listen, you guys, I, I, I'm not even know that I haven't been a Christian as much as a lot of you guys have, but I've just, I've said in my heart that I can't let I can't let the enemy have a place. I can't let him have a place that sanctification is a process, that, uh, that peace, the peace of God is not a process. It's a man, Jesus. Peace, uh, abundant life isn't a process that you will attempt to get someday. You ever hear this? Well, it'll be better in heaven. This will, well, we'll all have, all, it'll, we'll all have fullness of joy once we get to heaven. If that, if that's your theology, then death's your salvation, not Jesus. And, I, and Jesus bought and paid for abundant. He came to give you life and life. More yes. Don't you, how many of you guys want abundant life like today? I'm serious. How many of you guys just like in your moment, you're like, oh God, I just, this is not thriving. I need to thrive. Do you know that thriving in life is not, that's not a process. Thriving in life, your heart thriving, is when you have the love of God being poured out into your heart. That's thriving. When you know that you're loved and nothing else matters, no business plan, no church plan, no no whatever plan, no financial plan will cause your heart to thrive. But Jesse, that's not my experience. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. Yesterday was tough. I almost didn't get out of bed this morning. I can't believe I'm even here. Yeah. And you know what? That's what family is for. That's what family is for. That's why we break up into groups. It's not because we don't know what we're doing. We're like, we need to kill some time. We just talk amongst yourselves. It's not just because I'm trying to change the way we do church, where you don't talk to anybody. It's because I know that I know that some of you guys had a rough morning or a rough month. And you needed Stephen to talk to you. And you needed Chloe to speak over you. You needed Michael. You needed needed Penny and Glenn. You needed people to speak life over you. And I hope they didn't say don't worry, Tim, I think your day is next week. (laughs) Because that's not what I want to hear. I want to hear, Tim, Jesus died for you, that you would have abundant life right now. I'm going to pray for you right now, and something's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but something's going to happen, because I have faith in the promise that when he died he bought and paid for abundant life and the fact if tim's not feeling it right now i don't know if he is i'm just saying he's an example but if he's not feeling it right now he needs to because jesus christ paid for abundant life now and whether you're rich or poor in abundance or in nothingness paul said i can thrive i can be i can be content In the in in, a, I can be content in the greatest of restaurants, and I be content in Taco Bell, the lowest of the lowest of the lowest. (laughs) Don't eat a Taco Bell. (laughs) If you can't afford anything else, I want to increase your faith for kingship in your life. Kings don't eat a Taco Bell. Sorry, you can talk to me later. I've been married to my wife for too long. Put good food in you. The Lord can afford it. So there's a there, there feels like there's a tension in the uh, Jesus healed me. He healed me. Well, brother, you're still coughing. I know, I know. I can see that. I can feel But he healed me. The Bible says that by his stripes you were healed. And so I'm standing on the promise that I was healed 2,000 years ago. And I'm just waiting for this to be manifested in me. And it'll probably be in a minute or two. So stick around. You'll see it. You want to see a miracle? Just hold on a second. I'll stop coughing. So we have to hold that. Because if we don't hold on to that, I promise you that our experiences will follow us. And at the same time, you guys, we need to hold hold each other in this place of growing and persevering. We need to be okay. And so if we're ever up here preaching a message of Jesus Christ now and not later, that that God has come to set us free of, of addictions, it's now. Because if we start preaching that your addictions will happen when you see your counselor enough, un- until you until you see enough counselors, until you do this enough, until this, we're going to have that reality, and before long we're going to look behind us and we're going to see a powerless church that doesn't whose prayers are not answered. But if we, but if we're if we're brave enough, if we're strong and courageous to say, God, your, your promise right now for my friend, for myself, then we are going to see it happen more and more and more. And just, and just wait. When you pray for someone, it happens every time. Or you're going to come up and say, Jesse, I want to tell you a testimony. I used to see one out of ten people get healed every time I prayed for them. But then I started waking up in the morning and saying, God, I see everybody get healed every time I pray for them. And now it's like 75% are getting healed. And it'll happen. It'll happen. When you, Some of you guys feel called to pray for anxiety and depression to lift off of people. You just have a heart to see that. I want you to start telling yourself, everybody I pray for for depression gets healed, the joy floods into their life, and everything changes. Some of you guys are called to pray for the ending of addictions, the ending of eating disorders, of pornography, of of alcoholism, and you have to believe that every every time you pray for this thing to break off, it breaks off. Why? Because that's what Jesus said would happen. There's a, there's a beautiful family and connection that happens when we're there for each other along the way. I want you to know that. We're going somewhere. Why aren't we there right now? Here's my opinion. My opinion, disagree with me if you want, that we have a history um, of Christianity teaching us that it's, it's the now and not yet. We have a history of of learning theology that says that God will will listen to you sometimes or a theology that God will hide from you to teach you something or he'll let you stay sick because he wants you to learn how to persevere. And so we have this history and so now the church actually doesn't walk in a whole lot of power yet. We have a measure of it. But don't you guys get excited for the day when every single person in here prays for someone and every time they get healed. And not just healing. It's not just about healing. But every time you pray for somebody, their world is transformed. When you walk up to someone you say, hey, I feel like God wants you to be abundantly resourced. And they say, well, I don't have a dollar to my name. Well, that's why I'm praying for you. And they, And, 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 and the next day they get a call from a job that pays them three times as much. That's what I'm after. I'm after our prayers. Whatever you have a heart for. It's, it manifests now. Right now. But we have, to, we have to hold this. I keep hearing the Lord say, hold the line. Hold the line. Hold the line. As if like we're, a bat, we're, we're an army holding the line against the enemy who's trying to pick off truth. The enemy's trying to convince us that sanctification is a process, that, see, listen, He's okay a few of us going to heaven if He can keep us from being powerful and saving the rest. And the way He does that is by convincing us that we're not actually as powerful as God says we are. And so I I almost want to say, like, hold the line. Be strong and courageous. Don't don't be discouraged and hopeless when you, what you see is supposed to happen doesn't happen instantly. Hold the line. Hold the line. But I get discouraged. Then go back into God. Just press into the Lord. Just run into the strong tower of God and say, God, I am hope-filled in you. I don't know why this isn't happening. It confuses me. It's a mystery, but it's not your will. And you got to hold the line. you got to hold hope. you got to hold that line. Because if, if you don't have faith for something because you're disappointed, at least have hope. And so I want to encourage you if, you, if you've ever been in a place of discouragement where it feels hopeless, grab somebody, hold the line, hold the line of hope. Because we have to keep believing that that breakthrough is right there. It's right, it's, it's right there. It's right there. It's right there. And if you have to stay in hope while crying, stay in hope. Yeah. The enemy wants to just destroy hope because he knows if he can destroy hope, it's so much harder to hold that line. One of my favorite quotes from so one of my one of my uh, this great leader. He says the the person who has the most hope in the room has the most influence. And I believe it's because hope is the, is the, hope is the confident expectation that good is coming. That good is coming. Something good's going to happen. And as long as you hold on to hope, you make way for faith. As long as you can stay in a place of hope, you're not going to retreat. You're going to stay in there. And some of us, we, we know in part, we see in part, and so we don't know why something hasn't broken free yet but we have to hold the line. And you have to hold it with each other. And you have to hold it arm in arm and hand in hand. And sometimes you're alone and you still got to hold it. But can we as a church keep going after that we just declare that everybody in our church is financially abundant? Can we just, I don't care if you're not feeling abundant today. I want to I, I just declare and, and say that all of Orange County is going to get saved. I want to declare that, that, that our church is a divorce-free zone. And that's not... You, you, you hear me in that. Like I, I, If it's happened or whatever, was grace. But no more. That, that presence OC, we see every single person get healed in this church. Why? Because I can't think of a kinder thing of for God to do than heal somebody. It just feels like a kind thing to do. And I want us as a community in unity...